Welcome to Vitality Made Simple. The following production is for educational and entertainment purposes only. If you need medical advice, call your doctor. Now, let's go to Vitality Made Simple. Welcome to Vitality Made Simple, the podcast that takes the stress out of being healthy. I'm your host, Dr. Debbie Osmond, and I sincerely thank you for joining me. Now, you don't have to be from Oklahoma to know how important it is to do everything possible to take care of your five senses, uh, including your eyes. We all want to have the sharpest vision possible. So, Today's podcast is geared at empowering you to to have better vision and to age more slowly by recharging your metabolic health from the inside out. I'm going to give you a strategy that will help every part of your vitality that almost anybody can implement anywhere in the world. So raise your expectations about how you feel. Know that you can increase your vitality, lengthen your health span, and not experience lots of stress. It just feels so good to feel good. And this is information you're going to want. Now, when you think about our five God-given senses, they're all important. And we don't want to lose any of them. We all love to taste delicious food. We love to smell flowers. Uh, I, I personally love fresh cut alfalfa. That's one of my favorite smells. Um, you know, taste and smells are so much a part of our our happy memories. Uh, we we want to maintain our sense of touch. We want to hold hands with our loved ones. We want to know if something's hot or sharp for danger. Um, you know, a sense of touch is so protective. And uh, we also want to have good hearing. We want to hear laughter. We want to enjoy music. And of course, we want to engage in stimulating conversation. And, and there's just so many beautiful sights in life. You know, vision is so important. You know, Smiles of family and friends, sunset, arts. I mean, I don't have to tell you about how important vision is. In fact, when people are polled, the majority of people say that they would most hate to lose their vision. Now, I know that's a very personal thing. I mean, many people have recently lost their smell and taste, and they miss it terribly, more than they ever imagined. But if I had to rank, if I have everything and I had to rank the potential of losing something, vision is certainly the most important to me, the way it seems at this point. And I think vision ranks ranks so highly because it's related to independence. And we all want to live as independently as possible because that has a lot to do with relationships. Now, I can't talk about vision loss without telling you my most embarrassing story. Um, probably about seven or eight years ago, I started seeing flashers. So I it was on a Thursday night. I called uh, early morning. I called the eye doctor and said, I'm seeing flashers. What does that mean? And they said, oh, come in. This is serious. So I went in over my doctor's lunch hour. And uh, my husband, my said, uh, I'll go with you. And I'm like, you don't need to go with me. I'm going to an eye exam. And he's he's like, no, I'll go with you. And we'll go out to lunch. It's like, okay, with if lunch is involved, I'm all in. So we went to the doctor's visit. He starts looking in my eyes, an ophthalmologist. And um, super great guy. And he's he starts telling me about how my retina is uh, tearing and how it is like wallpaper and it's peeling off and, and you know, 
and I knew where he was headed with this. And I, I, I start just, you know, getting this horrible full body feeling and said, told him, I said, I'm, I'm feeling a little faint. I, I'm feeling weird. And he's like, oh, and he just keeps talking. And so suddenly I woke up with Mike reviving me and um, the doctor had, you know, run out of the room. And of course, he'd never had anybody pass out at an eye exam. You know, it was totally fear of losing my vision. And I had myself like literally, you know, homeless, uh, begging for food without without relationships, without a job, without anything. That's that's what vision loss did to me. It triggered that serious uh, response of fear. And I actually passed out. I mean, how ridiculous is that? So I still go to that doctor. And when he sees me, he's like, oh, not you again. Uh, you know, he's never had that happen before. But, you know, vision is super important. So in today's podcast, I'm going to talk about uh, the association between a higher than optimal blood sugar and macular degeneration. Now, macular degeneration is the leading cause of irreversible vision loss in adults over 60. Now, in some of the literature that I read, they call uh, over 60 the elderly, the elderly. I take a lot of offense to that. Um, but, you know, they also call middle age 40 to 60. I mean, how absurd is that? But, you know, here at Vitality Made Simple, we're all about biological age rather than chronological age because, you know, we want to keep having birthdays, but we really don't. Um, have a lot of power over how many birthdays we've had. We do have some power, some control over our biological age. And that's a, a measure of how our bodies are functioning. And that's the point here at Vitality Made Simple. So we're not going to worry about birthdays. We want to keep celebrating birthdays. Uh, but we're going to talk about lots of non-stressful choices that can decrease our biological age. Remember the definition of vitality. It's physical and intellectual vigor. That's super important because that has that's all about relationships. You know, it's having more energy, more liveliness. It's zest for life. So we're going to concentrate on things that we can control that give us more zest for life. So Um, As I was saying about macular degeneration, it's also referred to as age-related macular degeneration, or AMD, uh, because age is a leading risk factor. Now, surprisingly, it affects more than 10 million Americans, but it's rising globally. So I know we have lots of listeners outside of the United States. It It is something we all need to be Uh, informed about, and no strategies. Over time, high blood sugar not only damages those tiny, tiny blood vessels that nourish the eye, it can also affect the shape of your lenses and make your vision blurry. Um, and, And that's one of the reasons that the risk of developing macular degeneration increases with age. So if you're 75 or older, uh, your risk is is one in three. I mean, one in three. That is absolutely too many people. And because 75, I mean, I know so many like awesome 75-year-olds who are who are living life with vibrance. So we want to find sensible strategies to decrease those odds. Now, there are other things that increase the risk. There are genetic factors. And, and at this point in time, we can't do much about 
our own genetic code. However, we can concentrate on these epigenetic strategies. Those are the the things that we have control over that can turn good genes on, the project protective genes on and turn down the genes that are causing the problem. So at the present time, if you read about uh, macular degeneration, it's considered an incurable eye disease. So therefore, the question is, we can't worry about that. We can find ways to decrease our chances or slow it down. Now, this topic is near and dear to my heart because my mother suffers from age-related macular degeneration. She is 84 years old, fit and spunky, and um, is still very independent, but losing her independence is probably her biggest fear. So I take her to her eye appointments, uh, a really nice doctor that we've gotten to know, but uh, really what he says is, is watch and wait. We just have to wait. You know, I talked about watch and wait a few podcasts ago. I think it's a very ridiculous strategy when it comes to... um, to many things. I mean, cancer, vision, whatever it is. We want to, we, we don't want to feel so helpless. Uh, that he never talks about lifestyle strategies. He did mention that there might be a new prescription that could slow it down. And that's great. That's hope. But um, I think it's much more obvious to talk about things that people can do on a daily basis. And as you know, I've been a clinician since 1985, and I'm seeing more and more people who are suffering from macular degeneration at younger ages, even people who are in the so-called middle age uh, range of 40 to 60. Now that this disease causes the deterioration of the central portion of the retina known as the macula. Now the macula is responsible for capturing detailed information from the center of our vision field and it involves the outer retina. You know it gives us our ability to read, to drive a car, to recognize faces, uh, to perceive color and contrast, uh, you know, bright color, and to see uh, fine details. Now, early signs of macular degeneration might include visual distortions. In other words, visual uh, lines can seem bent that should be straight. And um, Also, an early sign is needing a brighter light when you're reading or working. It also, uh, an early sign is a reduced intensity of bright colors. Like when you see a painting that has really bright colors, it doesn't look as bright if you're starting to develop macular degeneration. Now, there's, there's more signs, but those are the basics. So while the causes are complex, there are known controllable risk factors. And those are things like smoking, excess weight around the abdomen, high blood pressure, uh, cardiovascular disease, a high C-reactive protein. Uh, C-reactive protein is a marker of inflammation in your body. And I recommend that when you get a blood test, you always ask them to measure your C-reactive protein. You um, you want it to be below one. That would be the goal. It really is a marker of a stroke and heart attack. So um, one of the one of the pieces of the risk puzzle 
puzzle also includes light-colored eyes, uh, farsightedness, and being female. Now, being female is probably just because females are, are generally living longer. So, you know, th- there we have the age again. So today I want to talk about an area of debate when it comes to macular degeneration, and that's in the area of diabetes or high blood sugar in general. Now, it's very logical to me, and I'm sure to you, that that high blood sugar would be a major contributor. So, um, but I so I searched the literature, and I found lots and lots of good studies, and I looked at all of this from several angles because I want to be so accurate in what I tell you. Now, it's always important to find studies that look at a lot of people over a long period of time. You know, that's the N number when you look at a study. So Diabetes Care uh, published one study in 2018 that looked at over 16,000 people for 16 years. So this was from January of 97 and the beginning of 97 to December of uh, 2012. They looked at people with high blood sugar, those actually diagnosed with diabetes, and they looked at people uh, without high blood sugar. So and they also looked at, like in the diabetes range, they looked at those who had developed um, eye problems because of the diabetes. So so during the time frame of this study, the global pre- prevalence of diabetes uh, was on the rise, and it still is. Of course, we know that diabetes is the leading cause of blindness among working age adults. Now, that would probably be in that that middle age or, you know, earlier up to, say, age 60. And that is because diabetes impacts the inner retina. You know, it's the outer retina that was involved in macular degeneration. So what really caught my interest in this study is they looked at people uh, and what they ate. They, They didn't just look at their blood numbers, but they didn't just look at the people who were already diabetic. They looked at people who were eating a high uh, dietary glycemic index, but were still in the non-diabetic range. And a a high dietary glycemic index uh, is an indicator of a, a poor quality carbohydrates. It's basically, you know, junk food. Uh, it's, it's sort of a duh when you know that that would, when you think about if that's implicated in the development of of problems. I mean, we know that even though those people are not diagnosed yet, they are on the road to all kinds of chronic inflammatory problems, including type 2 diabetes. So this study pointed out that high dietary glycemic index was increasing the risk of macular degeneration uh, of, based on eye exams even before any diabetes was showing up. Now, that's super interesting because people can think, oh, I'm not diabetic, no problem. And, uh, but no, there might be a problem. Bottom line, this large scale population based study gives evidence that there is an independent relationship between, you know, what you eat, even, you know, blood sugar that's not in the diabetic range and the risk of macular degeneration. I think this is so, so, so interesting because it gives people hope. This is something you can do. When you have this knowledge, this knowledge is power and you can make changes. Now, another study I found was from 2019, you know, later than the previous study, and it was a mouse study. You know, I know, you know, mouse studies are mouse studies, but mouse studies do lead to good information because they can start with these mice 
mice that are wild-type mice, and they're all genetically identical, and they're not bred to get a certain disease or a certain outcome. So I love studies that use wild-type mice. And this is really fun to read, and I think it would have been fun to be you know, part of the the study team. Uh, it was done by Mayo Clinic, at, as well as the Scott and White Eye Institute in Temple, Texas. So uh, what they did is they, they fed mice a diet that mimicked a fast food diet. So just think about that. I mean, I was thinking, you know, like, you know, tiny Big Macs, maybe those are tiny Macs, or, um, you know, little, instead of big gulps, it was small gulps. But, you know, Think of, you know, tiny pizzas, tiny burritos, you know, whatever, whatever foods were basically high in fat, high in salt, high in sugar, and had little nutrient content. You know, fast food, like I I talked about a a time or two ago, I talked about uh, anxiety as related to this highly processed food. It's food that you really can't tell what's in it. It's a lot of, of big words and things that have been very, very modified. Now, the control group of mice got standard chow. And then uh, basically the other food, the other uh, group of mice was eating at the food court at the mall. Um, So again, you don't have to be from Oklahoma to figure out this outcome. Uh, The mice on the fast food diet, uh, like so many people in our modern world, developed all kinds of chronic inflammatory problems. Um, Metabolic syndrome, they got things like insulin resistance, elevated blood lipids, fatty liver, mitochondrial dysfunction. Um, But they also developed markers indicating macular degeneration. So what is the take-home message today that will help you live with more vitality, with more vigor, with more zest for life? Bottom line, know your blood sugar level and keep it as close to the optimal range as possible possible. Now, if you listen to Vitality Made Simple, you know I talk about this a lot, and I never tell you anything to do that I'm not doing. You might want to get a glucometer if you're, you know, not diabetic. I mean, if you are diabetic, you may be using a continuous glucose monitoring, which is fantastic, but you can get just a very inexpensive glucometer and measure your blood sugar when you first wake up. This is called fasting blood glucose. And and I think if you can start doing this and know where you are, it is so baseline for your health, and it will save you so many problems. It will help uh, maintain your memory. It will help maintain your mobility. It will uh, help you in every single way. Now, optimal, when you look up optimal glucose levels, those are levels based on healthy populations. Sometimes when you see those average levels. They're based on populations that have have been sent sent to get their blood tested. And it's kind of an average of all this, you know, the sick people and the well people. So you want to look at optimal levels. So um, the goal of fasting blood glucose optimally is, you know, 72 to 90 milligrams per deciliter. Now, I'm, I measure mine. Mine has gone down. I was over 100, which even by the normal range was too high. So now with just a few changes, and I've talked about those on Vitality Made Simple, I'm down generally around 90 to 95 every day. Um, that's a big improvement. And that's that's what we're wanting. Uh, then you also want to watch your hemoglobin A1C. You want to 
try to be around five. That's a really good benchmark. Hemoglobin A1C is an average of blood sugar for the past three months. Now, these are factors that um, you can look at, but you don't want to be in that normal range. You want to stay in the optimal range because this is going to decrease your chances of all kinds of problems, including your risk of vision loss from macular degeneration. Remember, we want to resist normal. We don't want to be normal. Normal is defined as that usual and regular pattern. And in our world, it's not good. It might be familiar, but we don't want it. Now think about what normal is in our world and say it with me if you're a Vitality Made Simple listener. It's dehydrated, irritated, constipated, frustrated, overscheduled, overstimulated, undernourished, underrested, inflamed, and totally stressed out. Normal is having this, not knowing what your blood sugar is and not getting worried about it until it's way high and you're having problems. So I want to encourage you to buy a glucometer. You know, I'm recording this kind of close to Christmas, so you might ask for one for Christmas. You know, they're inexpensive. They're easy to use. I can't say they're fun. I mean, you know, it doesn't hurt a lot, but it's not fun. Uh, But fasting blood glucose is an early indicator, uh, an early predictor of all the problems you don't have time for. And again, those are problems like problems like brain fog, uh, fatty liver disease, which which impedes your detoxification, you know, gum disease. Oh my goodness gracious. Uh, Diabetes and gum disease are, it's a two-way highway. Uh, Many cancers are related to high blood sugar. You know, there's premature skin aging. We don't want to look old. We want to look young, but we want to look young from the inside out. You know, poorer sleep quality is in that. There's just a lot. Um, Now, this is hope. This is absolutely hope for you, and it's hope for your vision. I wish every eye doctor would talk about it because, you know, people believe they're doctors, and um, I hope that this has helped at least one person. If so, it's totally, totally worth it. So remember, health and vitality don't need to be confusing, expensive, or no fun, but it does require discernment and intentionality and it's worth it. So thank you for joining me for episode 79 of Vitality Made Simple. Together, we're going to take the stress out of being healthy, and we're going to feel great. And in 2023, we're going to start interviewing people. Woohoo! It's going to be so much fun. Uh, It just feels so good to feel good. And we're now in 69 countries. Uh, We gained one this week and we're in, uh, we're up 32 cities. Wow, 929 cities. And that's thanks to you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing. Blessings until next time. P.S. You know, Vitality Made Simple is all about relationships. And so there, if you liked this episode, I've, there are several others that we've had on blood sugar. So I just wanted to tell you about those. Episode uh, 77 was foods that promote anxiety. Episode 74 was blood sugar and cancer risk. Episode 69 was Refuse to Watch and Wait. I talked about watch and wait, and oh my gosh, that's near and dear to my heart um, with my diagnosis. Uh, Episode 63 is about nutritional psychiatry, and that is all about blood sugar. Uh, Episode 56 is about a new old blood sugar hack. And of course, 33 is about Insulin resi- how insulin resistance dampens joy because it's about joy. It's about relationships. 
Thanks again. Bye-bye.